day we're gathered in your name calling out to you your glory like a fire awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth you're the reason we're here you're the reason we're
Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus speak the name of Jesus until every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak
for us Heaven's angels all around My delight is found in knowing That you wear the victor's crown You're my help and my defender You're my savior and my friend By your grace I live and breathe To worship you at the mansion of your greatness in your name I will bow down in your presence fear is silent for you wear the victor's crown let your glory fill this temple let your power overflow by your grace I live and breathe to worship
you're everything. Everything we could ask for or imagine you could be more than we could imagine. And we worship your great name today. Jesus. Jesus. Just say his name. Just for a moment. Jesus. Just say his name. Jesus. Incredible Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Awesome Jesus. Hallelujah. Honor to you, Jesus. Honor to you. We worship you today. Jesus, thank you that we get to worship you. Thank you that we get to praise you. Thank you that we get to honor you today. In your strong and mighty name that we've been singing, Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. You know, in, in uh, the book of Philippians, um, Paul has this conversation in his letter, and he says, um, he says, I don't, I'm, I'm really glad that you're giving to this need. I'm not in need right now, but I know what it's like to be in need, and I know what it's like to have a lot. How many feel like you can relate to that? You know what it's like to have a decent amount, and you know what it's like to be in need. Anybody relate to that in here today? Just raise your hand. Yes, I kind of know both. A lot of people do. You know, a lot of people do. And um, then he says, um, he says, but I've learned the, the, the uh, secret to being content. And he goes on to say that, you know, I can do all things through Christ. You know, whether I have a lot or a little, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think there's something in that about giving, too. I think there's, when you understand what it's like to not have a lot and you understand what it's like to have uh, more than you need, uh, having both of those helps you understand the power of giving, that when somebody's in need, when people are lost and without hope, and there's a need we have to give to, it's powerful because you can relate to that. And so as we give today, wherever your situation is currently, we don't base our giving off of that. We don't base our life off of that. But if you know what it's like to be in need or to have enough, let, let our giving today come from hearts that, uh, that are wanting to meet needs around this world. Lord, thank you that we get to give today. Thank you for the privilege, the honor it is to worship you in this way. There's, there's really, this is a unique way to worship in giving. And I pray that uh, as we do it today, that it would be sweet to you in every way. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. And we, uh, we are uh, just grateful for this opportunity now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Hey, just a few announcements this morning. Uh, we do have two more sign-ups in the lobby there for the missions choir. Um, if you're interested in singing and uh, being a part of that, please sign up there. Uh, that'll be a good, a good opportunity to worship in that way. And also, this is probably like the last cutoff for baptismal. If you're wanting to be baptized, if you have never been uh, immersed in water and bat through baptism, this is your last opportunity, at least currently, to be able to do that. So make sure you uh, fill out that. And also, following this morning's worship service, uh, we're going to be up at the cabin just celebrating all the hard work it took from a lot of different people of, of really making that cabin of just a world-class kind of place. And uh, there'll be food there, so no excuses. Well, I'll be hungry. I'll miss something. No, there's food up there. And uh, Gordy and some of the other guys have gotten that squared away. So make sure you uh, take advantage of that after our service this morning. And uh, God bless you guys. We're going to have hot food on a cool day. And listen, I heard too, we, you know, we really want you to see the ranger cabin. Um, how many have never been up there at all? Raise your hand real quick. How many have never seen the ranger cabin? That's not enough hands. I know a lot of you have not been up there. I'm telling you, it's really, it's the neatest thing. This good, large log cabin with now a beautiful basement. Doesn't even make you feel like a basement. The kids are having a blast up there. You know, we had a flood back in June uh, of 2019, and we had it renovated. And boy, it looks sharp. And I also heard, and I, I, didn't, I just, I didn't even think about it. But in the, you call it a lobby area, it's really more like a living room space, family room space. When you walk in the door, there's a cathedral ceiling, a fieldstone fireplace, and we're going to have a fire in the fireplace. That doesn't happen all that often. So it'll be a great time of being together. I hope you'll come up in support of Rangers and to see what has been done up there. Um, today, as you know, we're celebrating Rangers. And uh, I'll tell you more about why later. It just happened to work out really good for us, and this is a, a great opportunity but um, there is a significant event happening in July of this year. It was supposed to happen two years ago. COVID hit, the world shut down, and it had to get canceled. And so it was moved to this July 10 through 15, 2022, which is perfect because it lines up with the 60th anniversary of Royal Rangers. And so it's going to be a great 60th celebration of Royal Rangers. And that event in, in, the, in the Ozarks of, Ar of Arkansas, of Missouri, what's the difference? It's right there. <laughs> In the Ozarks is called Camparama, National Camparama. And, you know, five, 6,000 boys and leaders get together every four years down there. And so I want to share with you a video of what does happen and will happen. Let's go ahead and show that.
excited to go, man. Yeah, I'm excited. There's a lot to do there. Yeah, amen. Boy, I tell you, we got we to gotta get people more excited about Rangers. I'm telling you, it's, uh, what a great time. And um, it's just, I, I don't know, it's just loaded with everything. And over the years, it's gotten better and better. Dwight and I, that was your, that was your first as, as a leader, my first time there. We took a group of boys when I was pastoring in New Jersey. And so I've been, I guess this is going to be our sixth Camperama in almost 24 years. And um, I'll be going, I'll be bringing my grandson I brought my sons, and now I'm going to bring my grandson. I'm excited about that. So, going to have a great time. Um, so, anyways, listen, the cost for the boys to go, registration out there for all the events, all the food, the travel, some will be flying, some will be driving, uh, just all of that is somewhere around $880. Okay, it's a lot of money. And we're offering a $300 scholarship, the boys that qualify, we have a scholarship program, uh, and they, you know, you got to be a, a member of the church, your parents at least, and support this church to get some help. Uh, we have had fundraisers in the past, but we, we want to bring the cost down as low as we can so these boys can go. Some families have more than one boy. That really creates an issue. And so I'm going to ask you for some help. I want to take an offering this morning. And just if you want missions credit or any kind of giving credit, put it on that envelope. Uh, other than that, just tuck it in there. This offering, this offering will be completely separate from the last one so that our, our counters, our de deacons will know that this is for Camperama. This is for Camperama scholarships. Anything you can do, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, $1,000 would be great. But whatever you can do, We'd really appreciate it. Um, we need your support. We need your help. So listen, let's pray, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have some more worship, and you can give. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to help these boys get out to the Ozarks for a week where not only will they be busy shooting things and, <clears throat> and archery and, and messing around with soccer and, and football and all kinds of different things, but, Lord, that every night they're going to be brought to a point of decision. Lord, that they are going to receive a heavy dose of good spiritual food. And Lord, I thank you for all this being prepared right now by our national headquarters and regional helpers. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for us, that you're going to move in this generation. And it may, it may ignite right here at Camperama in July of this year. And we pray that it, do, it, that it does. And I pray, Lord, right now, your blessing upon each one this morning as we give for this special need. In Jesus' name, amen.
for your giving. Thank you for your giving. Anyways, we, we set aside this weekend for an emphasis on rural rangers. And we haven't done that in a long time. Uh, and with COVID hitting us, we, there's a lot of things we haven't done in a long time. But it needs to be featured in front of you because I know that all of you, even if you don't have boys the age of rangers, you know boys. And so on your seat this morning, there's a little bag of invite cards Give them to some boy in your neighborhood. Talk to a parent about this ministry. It's, in, it's just incredible. It's beyond, you can't, we don't have enough time to describe it to you today if you don't know what Rangers really is. Maybe you have a grandson. Maybe you have a, a nephew, someone like that. Get them here Wednesday nights from 7 to 8.30. Uh, and again, if you see the cabin, that gets any boy excited. We have a lot going on here. So don't miss that opportunity. Try to be an evangelist. And, and get those young boys in a situation where they'll be saved, where they'll be mentored to be men. I mean, you know, folks, let's admit it. There's a lot of gender confusion out there right now. And it's not because people are confused, because we have people who are actually propagating confusion. They're trying to create confusion. I'm done with it. I'm sick and tired of it. Okay, I'm still, I'm an, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, I will admit this. I, I'll finally, I'm an old dog. That's the bottom line. I thought my old man was an old dog, you know, and I'm, now I'm there. Um, I deny it every day. I fight it every day. But that's the reality. But I'm very concerned about the youngest generations, where girls think they need to hook up with another girl, and where boys don't know what it means to be a man. And we have men who have dedicated their Wednesday nights to being at that cabin in order to help boys know what it is to be a man. And not just a man, but a godly man. A godly man. We need more of them. Don't, don't let, if you know a boy, if you know a young boy from five years and older who can be in this ministry, you need to get them here before they get messed up by this world that we live in. It's, you, know, you know, listen, Ben Franklin, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Everybody should know that. And you know, too, it's easier to build a man, excuse me, build, build a boy into a man than to have to incarcerate a man and try to rehab him. Ben Franklin said it more eloquently, but that's the reality of it. So we're here to celebrate this. And as we do today, uh, this weekend was our regional conference. 
held up in Harrisburg. Uh, our region is from Maine to West Virginia. And so ranger leaders from all over that area came together. Every year in January, we come together, and uh, we had a great time. And because of that, we had our national director fly out for that event. And because he was there, I said, would you please come to our church on Sunday and not rush home? And so he's here today, and I'll introduce him to you later. And that's why we, we set all this up today. I'm so glad that we have our national director here. And the reason we really want our national director at that conference because of, of a very special man in our church, Dwight Walters, who has been our outpost commander off and on. We've had others, um, and, and he is once again. But he also became, in 2003, he became our regional director over those eight districts, over all those states. And he has brought us, well, from kind of a prehistoric form of rangers to the very best. In fact, our region, of all the regions in the United States, our region is number one. The Northeast region is number one. And it's because of this man. And Dwight, I want you to come up here. <laughs> Y'all know this guy, right? Y'all know this guy. And, and here's the thing. You may have known him here, but many of you don't know, again, his position on the national and regional level. Uh, going out to executive council meetings uh, in the Ozarks, meeting with our national director and others, setting some policies, bringing change, making the program better. And uh, this past year, he stepped down from that position. And, and you can tell him what, you know, why and all. It's just he wants to do more here and really focus here. That's the bottom line. But he, he'll, he'll share his heart. Um, but, you know, going to miss him on that, on that level. And, and, and I have to introduce you right now, Carl. I'm sorry. Carl Flake. Come on, because I need you to grab stuff for me. Uh, this is Carl Flake. Listen, he's been national director. It'll be, this, July will be his eight, completion of your eighth year. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. 2014 to 2022. Yeah. And uh, he's, he has been a youth pastor, a pastor. He's been involved in Rangers since 1985. I didn't jump into 86. You got a year on me. Yes, but um, I'm not as old. You can turn that on even if you want. Well, he's not lying. He's not that old. We I'm talked. not as old as him. Yeah, he's not quite an old dog yet. But I do refuse it. You do want to get there, though. It's better than the other alternative. I'd rather be vertical than horizontal, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and six feet up instead of six feet down. But anyways, of course, Paul said it's better to be um, with the Lord. Absent from yeah. the body. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's so, anyways, we are going off on a tangent. Yes, you um, are. <laughs> I had young adults this morning. I, I'm, since I'm on this weird thing, if you don't want to yeah. humor me, I think I had too much coffee or chai or both. So that's part of it. And the ADHD has kicked in. So I've got to turn this over to somebody quick. Okay. But anyways, we were able to recognize Dwight at, at the regional conference. And uh, different gifts were given to him. The first one, I, I want to give him the best one. And that's that, okay. that long rifle, that black powder rifle. This is incredible. This came from the region. Not, not from us, but from the region. Yeah, you've got to show this thing it, off. Yeah, you have to show it and, um, and Dwight, Point, when we first awarded this to him uh, Friday night, the guy that was unwrapping it had it pointed towards the audience. So we're trying to be... We're, <laughs> we're going to do it right. I know. We're trying to do it right and be careful. I can't do that holding the microphone. Um, we're pretty sure it's not loaded or anything. Pretty sure. But with... Yeah, we have a cover over the striker, so it doesn't... There we go. So no check chance. this out. Check this out. This is incredible. And yeah. Amen. How about it? 
<laughs> it was such a joy. And the beauty is this is not a brand new gun. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just in stellar condition. But this was owned by one of our more famous guys in the Northeast, John Overton in New York. And so that's what makes it extra special. Um, what we did as a church, and you didn't know about this because I just did it my, myself and used your money. Um, I bought him a beautiful display case, and I'd like to show it to you, but it's, it's glass, and we didn't want to unpack it because he needs to get it home and get it mounted. But I wanted Dwight to have a keepsake because I'm on that regional team. I want him a keepsake to remember what he did for us. Yes. He invested in boys, and he invested. you invested in men. Yes, he did. Um, and he's really tricky about that because I came here in 1998, and um, I think it was 99, there was a regional conference. He wasn't in that position yet. But you were a resource for Darren uh, Giesemann, who was the head. And um, I wound up getting him a speaker for that event, Lee Williams. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, I had Lee flew in. I had to take him all the way down to West Virginia and then drive home like 2 in the morning, whatever, midnight, 2 in the morning, back when this, when the, this series, series session was over. And, uh, and that was my first introduction to the region. And then slowly, Dwight, being the master recruiter, hey, pastor, could you do this? Could you do that? Could you do this? And then finally, wound up full-time on the regional staff. It's like, so if you don't know how to recruit people, talk to this guy. I didn't know. I didn't know this was going to happen. And I don't regret any of it because it's made me better. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I do want to read um, one thing. I'll go ahead and get it, Carl. Okay. Um, you're off duty, buddy. I do want to present this plaque to him again, and this is from the region, but really it's our heart as well. Um, what's a shame is when we do stuff outside this church, nobody sees it, and I want you to know. I want you to know who he is, um, really know who he is. You know him as Dwight, right? Presented to David Dwight Walters. Now you really know who he is. That secret's been held for 23 years at least. David Dwight Walters, in appreciation for the service and development and continual improvement of the Northeast region of the Range, Royal Rangers Ministry and to service to all of the District Royal Ranger Ministries within the region, 2003 to 2021, over 18, almost 19 years, presented January 21, two days ago, 2022. How about telling this man thank you? Amen. And I, I shared it at the conference, but he and I have probably spent more time together than he and Heather. Um, <laughs> hours and hours on the road, hours of travel and airplanes and all over the place. So we, we really have spent a lot of time together. It's been great. Uh, let's see. Am I supposed to now have you do something? Yes. Yeah. Thank Dwight's going to take it from here. <laughs> all right. You guys get off the stage now. <laughs> all right. Hey, happy Ranger Day. It's like, what? Ranger Day. I guess you walked right into that one, right? It's Ranger Day today, so uh, thank you, Pastor, for the, uh, the recognition. It's definitely not needed. I, I don't do that for that, but uh, the reason I did what I did is to focus more on the local outpost. Um, I always look at it as the front line, right, of this ministry is, is uh, ministering to the boys. And uh, all the stuff I did and what Carl does, all important stuff. But uh, what that was was providing resources so that the local leader can do their thing in the community and with the boys. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of qualified people to do that. Uh, I'd like to say I did a little bit in training them up and recruiting them, like you said. And they pulled off a great regional conference without me just sitting there 
sitting by my wife and enjoying her presence, and my grandkids came up. So it was good. So it all worked out. So anyway, Rangers has been a big part of my life since I was seven years old. It's almost 50 years. So I know for all you that are doing the math, you thought I was 39. You may be disappointed a little bit, right? But guess what? I'm an old dog too, right? I mean, good grief, since seven years old. And my two sons uh, were heavily involved in Rangers and got their gold medals. And it, they're both uh, either in full-time ministry or pursuing full-time ministry. So proud of them. And, of course, my daughter's public school teachers and love them as well, but the rain, they weren't in Rangers though. So uh, they are teaching rainbows now, which is a recruiting mechanism for Royal Rangers. So that's your little three and four year old. So uh, I always give them a little card and make sure they slip it into boy's pocket. So they, uh, they're Ranger kids eventually. So uh, just want to say thanks to the pastor and board for giving me the opportunity to serve all those years and kind of I used to empty out the cabin and take it up to these regional conferences and clear out all the tables here and just really use the resources of Praise Assembly. So thank you. You may not have known I did that, but if things were missing on a certain weekend of the year, that's why. So uh, before I recognize a few of the boys uh, that have earned a special award, uh, I do want to uh, just ask if any uh, boy that's currently in Rangers, if you would stand up right now and remain standing. If you're currently in Rangers, we got a few over in the kids, uh, the kids church right now. So look at them all standing. That's awesome. Thank you guys. Keep standing. Now I want all the leaders to keep standing or stand up with them now. All the leaders that are currently serving in Rangers, thank you for your service. These guys make it happen. They really do. We got an awesome team of about 16 to 20 leaders every Wednesday night. Great group of guys. So thank you, leaders. Now, anyone that's, that used to be a ranger, either as a leader or a boy, whether at Praise Assembly or some other church, please stand up. Keep standing, guys. Everybody else, keep standing. We got, I got a point to all this. Okay. Commander Carl, I think you're a ranger. You can stand up. Okay. Nobody gets off the hook here, all right? How about any parent or grandparent that currently has a ranger or used to have a ranger at any point? Parent or grandparent? Stand up. Hand up, everybody. Okay, now I want you to look around and see what an influence rangers has in this church and this community. It's pretty awesome, okay? And if you're not standing, you're going to be recruited right after the service. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, everybody else can sit down. <laughs> Okay, so that was the point is just to really uh, to see what an influence Rangers can have in a church and a community. We have a lot of kids that do not attend church here, and their parents bring them. Some are here today. Thank you for coming. So you don't have to be a member of Praise to have your boy in Rangers, so keep that in mind as you use these cards to invite your neighbors. All right? At this point, I want to take just a moment to recognize uh, some boys that earned a special award. It's the highest uh, award in their age group for a year. Okay, and these guys, uh, we have a lot that do this. We usually recognize them on Wednesday night, um, and I just figured, hey, I got these awards. They just came in. National director's here. Let's bring them up on stage. So if your boy's name's not called, it doesn't mean he's not special. It's just the timing of this worked out really nice. So Parker Spanier, come on up. He earned the Ranger Kid Gold Trail Award. Line up right here across the front. I'm going to ask his leader to come up as well. Okay, um, Zach Allen earned the Discovery Ranger Gold Falcon. Come on up, Zach. That man is ready right there. You'll see why in a second. Zach is always ready, ready for anything. 
Okay, how about Cayman Grimes? Is Cayman here? Come on up, Cayman. He earned his AR Adventure Ranger Bronze Award. Again, these are all the highest award for a whole year's worth of work. So awesome. Now, how about the Schuler twins, Austin and Elijah? They're looking good right there. Look at those vests. Those guys earned their Adventure Ranger Bronze Award. Okay? Awesome. Good job, guys. And we have Karen Morris with us. Again, Karen and his family don't attend church here, but they're here today. Karen's in Rangers Wednesday night. AR Silver Award. And last but not least, the highest award in the Adventure Ranger group is earned by Brandon Flanagan. Come on up, Brandon, the AR Gold. And he's got a proud parent, too. Parents, come on up, take your pictures. This is the time to do it. And I think I asked Holly's out there, too, taking pictures, so awesome. So if I can have the, um, the group leaders award their award, and then I'm going to ask uh, Commander Carl Special moment for him to come up and congratulate each of these guys. So leaders, go ahead and award these guys with their special certificate and their patch. And these guys are all on their way to the gold medal, which is the highest award in Rangers. So awesome award. It's the one right in the center. All right. Okay, while they're doing that, uh, just to explain to you, uh, we have an advancement system in Royal Rangers, not just for these medals and these patches. Those are awesome, right? Everybody likes recognition, especially boys. But even us adults, we like recognition. But we don't do it just for that. We do it because it really aligns with our curriculum and the activities that we do. It helps reinforce our purpose to grow these young men into being servant leaders for Christ. And that's what it's about, right? So there are three components that we use. We use spiritual and biblical foundation, number one. Okay, we teach them the four teachings of the church, salvation, Holy Spirit, healing, and the second coming. Uh, they learn junior leadership principles like teamwork and effective dele delegation so they can be team players, whether at in ministry or in their, their house or in business later, right? They grow up and be businessmen. And they learn life skills like budget and finance, carpentry, tool craft, all kind of cool stuff. We have like 200... And 70 merits, they learn life skills. So this is why we do it. But it's also fun just to clap and say, good job, right? So give them a big hand. You guys are dismissed. You guys can sit down. Good job. Awesome. So the awesome group of kids there. We appreciate them doing a good job. And thank you, leaders and parents, for making it a point to get them here. Okay. Um, so in addition to our weekly meetings at 7, from 7 to 8, that information's right on the back of your card here. We've got some really cool activities happening, and we've got our master calendar all set up for 2022. You want to make sure if you're a ranger leader, grab that on the table behind you, uh, behind us here. You'll have a leader back there to give that to you. And we have two events I want to uh, just promote a little bit. One is the Expedition Rangers are going to Western Maryland next weekend. It's called Hartwood. Uh, it's a uh, two weekends, okay. Uh, there's a flyer back there. They're going to go out there and shoot and do adventurous stuff and have uh, campfires and just do manly stuff, right? They may be able to borrow my, uh, my musket there if they ask nicely. So they're going to have a good time. That's uh, high school age boys, and they're going with Commander Bill and uh, Commander Nick. Check that out. But for everybody, 
you got to put um, February 12th, Saturday, on your calendar. It's only a few weekends from now. This is where you guys can come and come into play and use these cards and invite any boy in your community to show up at Lego Derby. We're going to have a big inflatable uh, toys over here and obstacle courses. There are going to be a lot of stuff going on. We have crafts for the boys and fun stuff to do. But the, they really like to build their little Lego Derby cars, which you see up uh, there. And you see Commander Steve there starting them off. We set up a big track here. They have a great time. It's one of our best events of the year. And it is the opportunity to bring someone new in. So invite your neighbors, boys, or boys in your community, and let's make it happen. So all these little packets, don't leave them on the, on the chairs. Pick them up, and let's make it happen. So uh, I appreciate your help in doing that. You all can help inspire the journey of a young man and really change his life, change the course of his life, not for this world only, but for eternity. So I encourage you to do that and check out this video, and we'll, uh, it, hopefully it inspires you. need to inspire, inspire these boys to become men of godly character. Royal Rangers is the premier gender-specific mentoring program in the world. It is. It's, there's nothing that does it better. Nothing does it better. We're, you know, we're not mixed genders. It's men, older men, Titus chapter 2, older men training younger men how to be godly. And, it, and we do it so well. So, anyways, I kind of partially introduced them, but our guest today, because we want to we feast on the Word, and we've done the right thing. We've given honor where honor is due. And uh, our former regional coordinator has received some honor. I just want to say something quickly, too. Uh, up until Dwight stepped down, we had the regional coordinator, and we also have the district coordinator over all of Pennsylvania and Delaware, and that's Steve Steffel. You saw him up here. Would you just stand, Steve? Uh, some people may not know you. Okay. Maybe in a few months you can get to really know the man behind the mask. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you to pull it down so you can see you. There he is. Well, you got to stand now. You got to stand again. We have to see you. Yeah. So. 
And boy, has he done a lot in the district as well. Um, he's really moving our campsite ahead. Shower House is finally being built after being talked about forever. Uh, we had a change in district commanders, and that's when uh, Steve, man, I just... He's the, he's the energizer bunny. He just every, I don't know how he gets it all done, but he does. We've got some great guys. And, you know, even throughout our outpost and the different groups, uh, whether it be Discovery Kids or Venture Rangers, whatever it is, we've got some great leaders here. I really appreciate you more. I, I never tell you. I, I never tell you enough. I never tell you. And I'm telling you now, I really appreciate you. Anyway, so we have, uh, we have Reverend Carl Flake with us, as I said before. Uh, he began serving in this national position in 2014. And before then, he's had experience on every level, youth, as a pastor, um, district positions, uh, men's ministries. He's, he's done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. And uh, living now in Springfield, Missouri, at headquarters, he's been a blessing to our movement. He's taken us a long way in those eight years. Very quickly, he's moved us forward, and I appreciate that. But of all those things, and this is what you're going to appreciate today, he's an incredible preacher. We're going to get fed today. Carl, would you please come? All right. <laughs> appreciate you. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. God bless you. Wow, I'm going to have a lot to live up to here now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to start off and just say thank you to Dwight. Pastor's already alluded to that, but as our, regi as our regional coordinator, the Northeast, Pastor was very right on. The Northeast region is the top region in our nation, and in large part due to the quality and the expertise that Dwight has brought to the ministry, and so we very much appreciate him. Our loss is your gain. As he focuses all of his energies right here to your church and, and into the outpost and doing the right thing. And so appreciate it. Heather, thank you for all that you, because we couldn't do it without the support of our family and our, our wife and families. And so thank you for, for all that you did there. Dwight, while we were at conference this past weekend, and they, did, they didn't share this, but I wanted to share this. We, we awarded Dwight the National Medal of Merit, which is our third highest medal in the Royal Ranger program. And so well-deserved. Congratulations on that, Dwight. And the only two medals higher than that are the Medal of Valor and the Medal of Courage. And um, so thank you, Dwight, for, for what you did and, and what you do. Royal Rangers is currently in 95 countries around the world. Um, we're continuing to grow and expand as well as, of course, across the United States of America. And um, we're just, we're excited to what God is doing. So I want to start off this morning, however. Pastor, thank you for the invite. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with your church um, and, and just be able to address you. And wow, what a great representation of Royal Ranger leaders and, and people who are involved in Royal Rangers. And so I want to start off, and to every one of you who lead in some capacity in Royal Rangers, I want to take a moment from the national office to say to you, thank you. And I say this not just as part of a routine, but I, I truly thank you for what you do um, this, this morning on behalf of all of the young men that you minister to and the lives that you've helped touch and, and change as you, as you minister in that. Whether you're a ranger kid, discovery ranger, adventure ranger, expedition leader, whether you're on the national council, whether you help with sound or with towing a trailer to a camp out or cooking or, or whatever role you play, I want to say very much thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord and Pastor. Thank you for the support you give to this vital ministry and making it part of the ministry here at Praise. Um, that is so critical and so incredibly necessary. And so we very much appreciate that. This morning, I want to remind you that what you do makes a difference. 
Sometimes it's good for us to be reminded of that, that what we do indeed makes a difference. I was sitting in a restaurant in Orlando. Um, this has been a few years ago. We were down there for a general council. And as I'm sitting there at lunch eating, a man goes walking by me on his way to the table. The hostess has taken him to the table. And he kind of pauses for a second. And, and I, I looked up because it looked like he was going to say something. He went on to his table and I continued eating and, and, and fell shopping. And all of a sudden the guy was standing next to me. And I kind of, you know, was a little startled. I looked up to him and, and he came up to me and he said he had seen my Royal Ranger shirt that I was wearing and he felt that he had to stop by and, and, and tell me. He wanted me to know his story. His story was basically that he'd grown up in foster care, he shared with me, and moving into a new family every few years as, as sometimes happens in that, in that area. He had no home, no direction, and the way he said it to me, he had no hope. Then one, one of those foster homes that he ended up in, they ended up taking him to a Royal Ranger outpost meeting. And he said that while he was there in that meeting, he experienced things that he had never experienced before. He proceeded to tell me how that changed his life. And as a result of that meeting, he, met, he had men who cared about him for the first time, spent time with him, taught him how to do things, challenged him to grow as a man and grow as a Christian and what God had for his life. They demonstrated to him that God was someone who was very interested in his life. He then went on. He didn't stay in that foster home but a couple years and then moved on again. But he went and said, that had such an impact on my life that I never was able to shake that. Today, he's married. He has a family of his own. He has boys of his own. And he pastors one of our churches in California. What you do makes a difference. What each of you do in your church for the kingdom of God is so incredibly important. In fact, it's necessary for us to take times like this because we need to be reminded that without the work of the ministry, as well as the church, would not get done. Let me say that again. The work of the ministry, as well as the work of the church, the kingdom of God would not progress without our involvement in the ministry. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 36, God, Jesus observed the condition among his people. And as, they, as you read that verse there, he says, They were harassed and helpless as sheep without a shepherd. He was noticing that. And as he's looking at the crowd, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. And his response to that was what we read in Matthew chapter 9. When he looks at the 12 in verse number 37 and he says this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. And then that's the end of the chapter. That's the end of the chapter there, and, and it just kind of comes to an end. And then chapter 10 opens up, and in chapter 10, he calls the 12 to him. He gives them authority, the Bible says, and they drive out demons. He gives them the authority to drive out demons and heal every sickness and disease, and he sends them out into the world. You know, as I stop and I think about the situation we're in, isn't it a kind of a similar situation that we live in in our world today when we look around? People who are harassed and helpless. You look at the circumstances of our world today, it's full of that. People who are uncertain about their future, their finances, their employment, relationships are under attack. And now with this pandemic, even their health is, is under attack. We hear about this constantly in the news. This morning, because of the focus of Royal Rangers, allow me to share another area. One of the tragedies that is happening, but unlike all these others, we don't hear very much about it. And the tragedy is this one because it erodes away at the very foundation and fabric of our society. On the surface, it seems like what we're doing and, and, and all of this is a social issue. 
But I'm aware, and, and, and I'm sure you would agree with me, that the implications of what we see happening in this area and this tragedy goes way, way deeper than just what, it, what we see on the surface because it affects our children. It affects our families, and that in turn affects our churches and our society. And it tears away, I believe, at the very foundation of the design that God has created and God intends for us to have. And the epidemic that I'm talking about is an epidemic of fatherlessness. There's a lack of fathers in our culture today. Here's some statistics that I would like to share with you. 71% of our boys, I want you to think about this. 71%, that's almost three out of four of our boys in the United States of America do not have a significant male role model in their life. Now that seems like, wow, that, that's, that, that, that's, but, but think about this. Two-thirds are in a home without a dad. A third have a father, but a father who's unengaged just simply because he doesn't know how to interact with his boy. He doesn't know how to interact with his children. The U.S. Department of Education stats show us that in our elementary school system, which is kindergarten through 12th grade, 96.6% of our educators are female. And thank God for our ladies that are there. But in the formative years of our boys, our boys develop their, their, their sense of manhood. They, they, they develop those, those foundational principles in their lives, in those early years of their life. During those formative years of their life, they grow up without a man to speak into their life. And if they do have a man, it's usually a sports figure or, or something that they see on TV that is far from reality. That is not at all significant to that. And that shapes them. And our young men are growing up without an understanding of what it means to be a man, let alone a godly man. And that's why we have 25, 35-year-old boys, men who are running around acting like boys. Because nobody's ever spoken to their lives to help them to understand what it means to be a man. The family structure that God ordained is being dissembled as boys are growing up without that role model. And yet, as hopeless as that sounds, and as messed up as our culture may seem to be right now, that's not a surprise to God. God is not surprised by that at all. In fact, he had already provided a solution. And this morning, as I, I share with you, I want you to understand that, you know what God's solution to that problem is? To all of these problems and difficulties? The answer may surprise you, but the solution is you and me. That's the reality of it and, and, and the power of that. It really is. It, and look what Jesus did when he was moved by compassion for the crowd. What was it he said in verse number seven? He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his har harvest field. Basically what he says, he says the, harvest, or the need is great. There's a lot of need. We need more people is what he was saying. You see, while Jesus walked on this earth, he represented hope. That was it. When you look at his life and the story of Christ in the Gospels, everywhere he went, he ministered to the needs of people. He was able to heal their sicknesses. He helped people realize that they mattered, that they were important to the, to, to the Father, to, to God. He taught a better way of living, not a way of religion, but of relationship. He helped them to understand it because they had a lot of religion and it wasn't doing much for them. A lot of do's and don'ts and rules and, 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 and uh, rituals and, and all of that stuff. But Jesus, what caused people to be drawn to him was the fact that they looked at him and they said, here's someone who's, you're not like our, 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 our Pharisees and our Sadducees. They would say that to him all the time. There was something different about him because he drew them into a relationship. He lifted them from their hopelessness into an awareness that they, that they heard and saw as they walked with him. And they realized that we can have a relationship with the king of kings. But you see, Jesus understood something. He knew that his time here on earth was limited. 
In fact, he was only going to be here because he had willfully taken and, and, and the, the eternal God took and willfully submitted himself and confined himself into an earthly body. The Bible says he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And he chose to take the deity and, 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 and the eternalness and he chose to squeeze it into a human form and live among us as men with the exact same things that you and I have available to us because he wanted to show us that we could do what he did. Everywhere he went, he lifted people out of this hopelessness. He brought hope to them. He helped them to understand that his plan all along was to put in us, his people, the same thing he had so that we could do what he did. That's why in John 14, he said, as great of things as I do, you will do. And greater things because I go to be with my father. That's the, boy, you could just stop and, 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 and soak in that verse for a moment. Jesus said, as great of things as he did, we could do. And then he says, and greater things. Stop and think what he did while he was here. How incredible is that? How, how, how significant that is in our lives. So in the next chapter, what does he do? He calls the 12. And then later on, he gathers the 70 together. And then in Acts, he has 120. And finally, at his, his, at his ascension, as he goes back to the Father, after he was crucified and rose from the dead, as he's heading back to the Father, he gives a command to all of us. And he says, go into all the world. Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and make a difference. His intent all along was to work through us. I don't know what that does for you, but that amazes me. God would actually choose to want to work through me. I know my limitations. I know my frailties. I know my, my areas where I mess up and, and I'm weak. And, and, and man, if, if, if I had to choose someone, I wouldn't choose me. Can we be honest? I don't want to stand before you and have you think, oh, man, this guy's got it all together. Man, I, you know, surely, God, you could choose somebody else. But what amazes me is God in all of his wisdom and all of his understanding somehow looks down and says, I want to use you. I want to use you. That's an amazing reality. It's an amazing truth for us to just wrap our minds around it and, and understand that. And he, he ensures our success. As he gives us gifts. What kind of gifts? Ephesians 4 says that he gave us pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles and evangelists. To what? To equip the saints. To equip God's people for the work of the ministry. You see, I didn't have the privilege of growing up in Royal Rangers. In fact, I came to the Lord a little later on in my life. And so I know what life was like before salvation. Before having the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I understand what that was like and, and, and where that's going. In, in fact, in, in the, let me say, tradition that I grew up in, we put money in the plate so the guy on the platform could do the ministry. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. We paid this guy. So you know what? If somebody was sick, we called him and said, I need you to come and pray for this guy. If somebody needed to know about the Lord or, or needed to get their life together, we called that guy. But you know what? When I came to the point where I realized and started reading the Bible and, and becoming aware of that, I realized that <laughs> that's not what God wants. That guy's job was to train this guy who was sitting in that seat to be able to do the work of the ministry. And because Jesus said, what I do, you will do in greater things. Right now, when somebody's sick, I don't have to call that guy. 
Because the same God who's flowing through that guy is flowing through this guy. And I can just call him up and then I can say, let me pray for you. And the things that I do all of a sudden, it's just like, because it's nothing about this guy. I know what's wrong with this guy. But it's the reality that God in his wisdom somehow chose to just flow through me. To be a vessel. And that's all I have to do. Keep myself available to God and let him flow through me. The Message Bible says it this way. He handed out gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers to train God's followers in skilled servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, to do his work. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, God says this. We are God's workmanship. Excuse me. Paul says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Because he understood that. Paul understood that. With all of his skills and with all of his training and with all of his abilities, he still was a mess up. He was going the wrong direction. And yet God in his grace and mercy grabbed the hold of him and set him in the right path. And now Paul stands there and is able to do the work. You and I, we were created. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You know, I like to share. I, I, I heard this analogy from Rick Warren um, from um, Saddleback Church. And he uses the, the analogy of the word, or the, of, of the word shape, S-H-A-P, to, to, to demonstrate this verse. And, and, and if I may, I want to just share that with you. The, the word shape kind of helps us to understand. All of us have, I mean, if you look around, we all have different shapes, right? <laughs> Some have, never mind, you get it. <laughs> we'll just stop right there. Okay, but we all have different, just like in, crea in creation, look at nature. Every one of God's creations have different shapes. A rabbit looks a lot different than a duck. But you know why? Because they were created for different circumstances and different situations. Man, a duck was created to live on the pond. You know, live in the water. And he's got the big, nice, round body there and the feathers. And he's got tiny little legs, but he's got really big feet. And, and they're, they're ideally situated to help him get through the situations he wants. You know, on a pond, man, he just looks all calm and collected on the surface. But down underneath, those little legs are doing this. And he's just... There's a wake behind him. You look at a rabbit, a rabbit's almost exactly the opposite. He's got tiny little front legs, but he's got really big, powerful back legs. And, but, but you know what? He was created to live in the field. He was shaped specifically for the environment and the place where he was supposed to be. If you take him and you put him in the wrong environments, it's tragic. A duck, you know what a duck on a field is? It's lunch. <laughs> a rabbit wouldn't be very efficient in the water. Because it wasn't shaped. And you and I, we each have a unique shape. And here's what the word shape stands for. S stands for your spiritual gifts. The Bible teaches that every single one of us have spiritual gifts. There are no zero gift people. That's the parable of the talents. Everybody has gifts. Some have two, some have five, some have more. But everybody has gifts. God's given you the gifts he wants you to have to be the person he's created you to be, according to Ephesians. His workmanship. H stands for your heart. Your heart's your passion. It's what makes you get up in the morning. It's what gets you all excited. Some of you, I could sit in here and we could talk and start talking about fishing. And man, you'll sit up straight and, and you'll be all ears. But to some of the other ones, it's like fishing, really? But, but maybe we talk to you about motorcycles. Or we talk to you about woodworking. Or we talk to you about, about helping the sick. Or, we all have different passions. The passion you have, the thing that makes you excited to get up in the morning, has been given to you by God. A stands for your abilities. 
We all have different abilities. Some people can work with wood or just some people can sit with a person and listen to them and, 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 and cut through all of the different things and, and get right to a heart of a matter. We all have unique abilities. God's given you the ability that's part of your shape. P stands for your personality. Did you know your personality was a gift from God? Have you ever met someone who doesn't know a stranger in the room? They walk out there and, man, they can just talk to anybody and, and everybody's their friend. And, and then you have other people who, man, you put them in a room and they're like, mm, they get in the corner and just stand there. But you know that, that quiet personality or that loud personality is a gift that God has given you? And then your shape is wrapped up with the E, which stands for your experiences. Everything that you have gone through in your life up to this point has helped to shape you and make you the person you are. That's why there is nobody who's the same as somebody else. But everything, your gifts, your abilities, your passions, your personality, your experience, all of those are things that God has used. All things work together for good, Romans 8, 28, to those who are called by God. And all of those things God has put together to shape you exactly as you are, according to what he says in Ephesians. You're his workmanship created by Christ. He put you together. He made you. Those things that are in your life, he may not have caused those things to happen, or, but he's allowed them and he's going to use them for his purpose. That's why in Jeremiah 29, 11, he can say, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to, uh, to give you a hope and a future. Because he shaped you. He's put you together. He has a design for your life. And as we learn that and we understand that, we see that. But not only has he created us to do good works, but he set you up. Because the promise in Ephesians also is this. Created you to do good works, which he did what? He prepared in advance for you to do. When you and I submit ourselves to God... And we allow ourselves to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And we allow ourselves to say, not my will, but your will be done. God will direct you. The steps of the righteous, Psalms 37, are ordered of the Lord. God will direct your path. He'll direct your steps. And he'll take you and put you in places and, and cause opportunities to happen. And he'll just begin to flow out of you in ways that ministry doesn't become a hardship. It doesn't become something. But it's something that you simply allow what, what is already inside of you to come out of you. That's God's design. He understood he wasn't going to be, he was limited to one place at one time while he was here on this earth. And he knew that his time on earth was going to come to an end and he was going to return to the Father. But his plan all along was to say, I want to use you. I, therefore, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to give you the gifts. I'm going to give you everything you need to say. How many times did Jesus, while he was here on the earth as a, as a man, say, I can't say anything except that the Father says it through me. His promise with the baptism of the Holy Spirit was he's going to give us the spirit who would tell us what to say, who would guide our steps and direct our path. When you start to look at that, you begin to understand who we are in God and who God wants us to be and what he wants us to do. If each of us would stop and think back to why we are where we are today, there's probably somebody in your past who influenced you and helped bring you to the place where you are today, sitting in this sanctuary, a child of God, Enjoying the relationship and the fellowship with the Father and with other believers. Someone influenced your life. And in the same way, God wants us to influence others. So in the next 15 minutes, what I want to do is I want to share with you three truths. I've learned these truths in my life. And as truths go, they're universal. They, go, they, they really apply to everybody, to any, any one of us. But I want to just share with you just three truths really quickly that, that I believe will help you as that we can all, that'll apply to all of us. Here's the first truth that I want to share. What I do makes a difference in someone else's life. 
Think about that. What I do makes a difference in someone else's life. See, my life was influenced by a youth pastor. I was a senior in high school. I was just, a friend invited me to go to this youth group and just said, hey, you know, it was a youth group. There were about 100 kids in that youth group. I, where I came from, we got 12 kids together. We were like, woo. But 100 kids coming to church? I had to go see what that was about. Something else was going on there. But that youth pastor, he saw me. And he intentionally decided to get involved in my life. And began to speak into my life. He invested time and effort into my life. He helped me to understand things and, 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 and grow in the relationship of Jesus Christ. And I've lived long enough now to know that whether I'm aware of it or not, my life and the actions of what I do influence other people just like his life influenced my life. And brought me to where I am. Let me tell you of a few people. When I was a teenager, I lived about 25 miles away from the church where I, where I went to. And, and so for me, it was 25 miles drive to that church, 25 mile drive back home. Of course, as a teenager, gas was a little bit cheaper back then. And, um, but it was still a lot of money to, to us in, in that time frame. There was another young man who lived about eight miles past me. He grew up in a similar tradition that I grew up in. And he also was just starting to get to know the Lord. And he was just like I was needing to get to back and forth to church there. And I made the decision. I thought, you know what? <laughs> 50 miles round trip is a lot of miles. But I made the decision that I'm going to do the 66 miles. Because I went the 8 miles further back to get him and to bring back. And together we grew together. We, we learned together. And all of those different things. Today, that guy, he ha he's a pastor. And he's serving the Lord. Making a difference in people's lives. Let me tell you about a man named Chris. I met Chris in Iowa. Chris, um, as I often do, I, I'll meet these ranger leaders and I'll talk to them. He's a ranger leader, had been a ranger leader at that point for about a couple years. And he, he told me his story. His son was born and he wanted to be a good dad. And he remembered when he was a boy going to Royal Rangers. He wasn't living for the Lord at the time. He wasn't. He just, he had his young family, new, new father. And so he decides that, you know what, I need to get involved in Royal Rangers because I want my boy to grow up with what I was privileged as a, as a young. So he gets involved in Royal Rangers. He went back to that church. He got his life right, got involved in Royal Rangers to learn how to be a dad to his son. And today he's influencing not only his son, but some other boys that are part of his outpost. Or Ivan. I met Ivan in Arizona. Ivan got involved because of his son also. Ivan was telling me how he was involved, but now his son, unlike Chris's, his son has been grown up out of the home. It's been 31 years at this point, since that point, and he is still involved in making a difference in the lives of boys and, ser and, and, and serving the Lord. I wish I had a picture to show you of TJ. I met TJ. He was south of Dallas. He lived in a project. TJ, was, he grew up in a housing project and he started coming to Royal Rangers because a van drove into his complex and picked up boys. And he thought one day, I want to go with those guys. So he jumped in the van. That boggles my mind. His parent, his mom didn't know anything or he just jumped in the van and he came to Royal Rangers just to see what's going at church. They fed him a meal. TJ, most of the time, the only meal he got was what he got at school. But they had, at this particular church that he was at, they had a supper. They, every one of those boys, they fed him a meal before, before the service started, before the outpost started. And then while he was there, he kept going, not because of the meal, but because there were men that were speaking into his life. 
for the first time in his life, there was a man who was interested in TJ, not because he was going to recruit him to do something illegal. But there was a man who truly believed in that young man. He didn't have a dad who he knew, but those men cared him. They built him. They helped him build a derby car. He'd never had anything like that. They took him places because he'd never left a project other than go to school. He'd never left that, that, that housing complex where he was at. They took him places. They taught him how to budget money. TJ right now has a future. He's learning things and he's moving in a direction that he would have never, ever moved before, except there were some men who understood that God has empowered them and that there's a generation of young men who need to make a difference. And they're investing in TJ's life. And TJ's life, the trajectory of his life, not only here on this earth, but in eternity, is being changed week by week, month by month. What you and I do makes a difference in someone else's life. Here's the second truth. Because what I do makes a difference in others' lives, I have to be intentional about what I do. I have to be intentional. I can't just go through life letting whatever happens, happens. God has a plan. He has a purpose. As ranger leaders, we mentor others. You ranger leaders, thank you for what you do week after week. You make a difference in other boys' lives. And what that means is that who I am, my boys, whether they're my sons or whether they're the boys in my outpost, who I am, they will become. Because for a boy, we know this, more is caught than taught. Our boys learn more, not by sitting at a table, filling out worksheets and doing, doing written work. Our boys learn more by hanging out in the company of men. Manhood is, is bestowed upon boys in the company of men. And as they hang out with men, they watch how you act. They watch how you talk. They watch how you react to different things. And as they're doing that, they're developing a sense of what it means to be a man and more importantly, what it means to be a godly man. And for every one of you who are involved in that process, I would say thank you for that. For each of us, we have to be aware of that, that there are people who are watching us. There are children who are watching us. There are other people who are watching us. And because of that, what I do, I have to be intentional about doing that. In order to produce disciples, we must ourselves be disciple. And a disciple is someone who is learning and following Jesus Christ, who's following the teacher. In our lives, it's a cylindrical process. It's something that we go through over and over again, and it has to be going on. It's the process of learning and growing myself. You see, I never get to that place where I feel like I know everything that I know or I need to know. Because I learn something and then I get over here and I start doing some of this. And guess what happens to this over here? It's kind of like those spinning plates. I start to forget. And then I've got to be reminded of that. And it's a process that I have to go through as an individual over and over and over again. Learning and growing and, 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 and discovering who I am in Christ. As Christ continues to take the sharp edges off and round the corners. And, 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 and try to develop me into that person that he wants me to be. But as I'm learning that, as I'm becoming that, then those boys that are watching, those, those people that are watching are being influenced as well. As Paul says, follow my example as what? I follow Christ. As I follow. So because what I do makes a difference in somebody's life, I have to be intentional. So when, you, when I come to church, I'm not just coming to church and putting in my time. 
But I'm coming here because I'm, I'm interacting, iron sharpening iron with other people. I'm learning from other people. I'm, I'm, I'm growing with other people. We're celebrating together. When one's down, the other one's up, and so he can rejoice and he can hold them up or, or he can cry with them. I mean, that's the, that's the reality of life. And we become intentional knowing that everything we do is being done for a purpose as we're learning and growing ourselves so that we can then in turn reproduce it in, in, in other people. We mentor the next generation of Christ-like men. We mentor them one man at a time. And it doesn't happen automatically. It's a choice we make. The parable of the talents. I've always been intrigued by that, that, that parable. But what was the problem? What was it that the master was upset at that servant for the one that he was, that, that, you know, had that talent. And he, he didn't um, um, pilfer the money. He didn't misappropriate the funds. He didn't steal from the master. What in the world was it that was so incredibly bad that that master said, get out of my sight and, and get out of my thing? You know what it was? It was the guy just simply took his talent, hid it, and sat on it. He didn't do anything with it. Had he done something with it, even if he'd have lost it, at least he'd have tried. That was the lesson of that parable. But the, the guy, instead of taking that which the master had given him and utilizing it, he simply sat on it. That, for me, that's, a, that's an incredible lesson. How often does scripture challenge us to grow and mature and become like Christ? James 1.4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then later on in chapter 1 verse 3, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of God. His divine power has given us that. Verse 8 goes on and says, For we possess these qualities in increasing measure. Listen to these words. They will keep us from becoming what? Ineffective and unproductive. As I'm intentional about growing, God will bring the growth. As I'm intentional about learning and, and, and presenting myself and submitting myself into ministry and, and all those things, God will do the work. I just have to place myself in that position. I have to be intentional about doing that. It would take the rest of our time. One more verse. Philippians 1.6. This is my life verse. When, when I graduated high school, my pastor, who'd been my pastor for about a year at that point, he gave me a Bible. And in the front cover, he wrote this. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this. And I've carried this verse with me. And I, I, I go back to that verse. Even at this point in my life, I've been a believer for, I don't know, a lot of years. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should have done the math. Being confident of this. He who began a good work in you, and I hope that God started a good work in you at that point where you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, that process. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until that day of Christ Jesus. That means until that day that I either stop breathing or that trumpet sounds, God's working to bring that completion in my life. He keeps working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. You know the song? And now all of a sudden you're singing that song and, and it's right out of scripture. It's not just a catchy tune and great words, but it really is what the word says. He never stops. He never stops working. Thank you, God, for never stopping working on me. And here's why this is so true. Number one, what I do makes a difference in people's lives. Number two, what I, because what I do makes a difference in people's lives, I have to be intentional about what I do. But here's the third truth that I live by. What I do will determine how 
I spend eternity. Let me explain what I mean by that to you. You thought you were doing rangers for free? Or ministry for free? No, you're going to get paid. We know we're going to get paid, but not here on earth, right? Sometimes it do. Scripture teaches us that there's two separate judgments. There's the one that we're all very familiar with. It's, this, it's the judgment, the great white throne judgment. One day we're all going to stand before God and the Lamb's book of life is going to be opened. And he's going to go through there and your name is either going to be in that book or it's not going to be in that book. What determines that is simply a gift of God and your response to that gift. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. The only way for me to get to heaven, I can't earn it. I can't work hard enough for it. I can't give enough money for it. I can't do enough good deeds for it. There is absolutely no way that I can be good enough to make it into heaven. That's what, that's what religion taught us. The only way I'm going to get to heaven is that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He's offered me a gift and said, if you'll receive this, you'll come in, not because of anything you've done or deserved, but simply because of my grace and my love for you. And he's opened the door. That's the great white throne judgment. And one day we'll stand before God and he'll open that book. And depending on what you do, John Bevere says it this way, what you do for or what you do with Christ determines where you spend eternity. And what you do for Christ determines how you spend eternity. Because see, there's a second judgment. Once those, that Lamb's book of life is opened and Jesus says, why should I let you into my heaven? There's one answer and one answer only. It's because God, I accepted your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that will open up those gates of heaven and allow me to walk in. But you see Matthew 25 and several other places in the scriptures talks that there's a second judgment. It's called the judgment of works. And it's a judgment that's for believers only. It'll happen somewhere around the Lamb's Supper. That, that time, I don't know the exact process in that. But that's where we'll stand before God and we'll give an account for what we do with our lives. You know, the Bible talks about earning, earning rewards and, and all. And sometimes it talks about the crown and the jewels and all of that. And what I do for Christ, that's my thank you to God. The ministry that I do, it's not to earn my way into heaven because I've already shared that. There's no way I can do it. But what I do for God is my expression of appreciation for the gift that he gave this guy. For the gift that you gave me. And I don't know what that looks like. Is it a jewel that gets stuck in a crown or whatever? But you know what I like to say? I like to say that when I get to heaven, I want to have a crown that's so stinking big that God's got to give me four angels to carry it around. <laughs> Now, you look at that and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's pretty prideful there, buddy. But if you know the whole story, Revelation 12 tells us what happens in heaven. There's a throne room of God that, that Paul the Revelator saw. And they're standing around the throne room of God. And the angels start going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And what do the saints do? We bow down. We lay our crowns. At the feet of Jesus. Don't you, when you're standing before God, want to be able to give him the most incredible, spectacular crown versus one of those little Burger King things? <laughs> Am I right? What I do makes a difference in people's lives. And because it does, I have to be intentional. I don't have the right to simply sit and enjoy the grace that God has given me because there's a world out there that's harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Man, I go through these circumstances in this life, but I wish I had, 
wish I had more time. Theology of, of, of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no trial, no trouble, no temptation will come upon you except what's common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can be. When, when, when you're a child of God, Scripture has so much that he says that applies to our lives. All of this mess out here, we don't have to walk in fear. We've got to be smart. We, we, have to, we have to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things in our, ourselves. But, but God's our God. And as I go through there, he promises I'm not going to go through. So when, the, when the, there's more bills at the end of the month and there's money, that's not my problem. I'm a child of God's. That's God's problem. If I'm being faithful and, and, and working and I'm being faithful and tithing and doing those things, that's what, that's what God says in the New Testament. He says, I take care of the birds. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you? But when you have those philosophies, it changes the way you go at life. And I realize that now, all of a sudden, what does 1 Peter say? It says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that is inside of you. And when you and I know who we are in Christ, and we're intentional about growing and discovering Christ, and every day getting a little closer, I'm as close to God as I want to be. <laughs> That's a sobering thought. But as I keep growing, and as I keep, but it, it, ha it has to be intentional. I see people, they stand at, they, they're at the altars, and I'm not making fun of them. Please understand me. But it's just to make the point. They're in the altars. Oh, God, I want you more. I want you more. I want you more. You know what God's doing up there in heaven? Oh, I want you more. I want you more. I want you more. Only he put, faith, he put feet to his faith. He died on the cross for your sins. How much more could he want you? What's the word say? As you draw close to me, what is he going to do? I will what? Some of you know the verse. I'll draw close to you. Every time I take a step towards God, God takes a step towards me. And there's just that confidence that's ours. So here, here's the point. God has ordained us for everything we need in life and godliness. Our job is to keep growing towards and realizing that our lives make a difference. Sometimes you know it and sometimes you don't. I'm amazed I've been doing Rangers long enough now. And, and of course, youth pastoring and different things. I've had kids that have been kids in, in youth group or in my Royal Ranger outpost who are now adults who've circled back around. And some of you have had these exact same experiences who've now circled around as adults. And they said, when you did, and they, 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 they share something that had an impact on their lives. And I'm sitting there going, I don't remember that. It was just a, a non-event for me. Just doing what I feel I'm supposed to be doing. And somehow God takes that and uses it to be a pivotal point in somebody's life. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? God does the work. We just simply make ourselves available. What an incredible thought that is. This morning, we've got a couple minutes. I want to take some time and just allow you to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. You know, if you're here this morning and I've... I've I never speak that I don't give you this opportunity. But here we're talking about being intentional and God working through your life and all of that. But you may be sitting in this room this morning and going, boy, none of that applies to me because I'm not a child of God. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins. This morning, you're here. I don't believe there's any circumstances or happenstances in, with God. For whatever reason you came, maybe someone invited you, maybe you just felt like coming, maybe you've been coming for a long time and you've never taken that step. 
But this morning, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You feel the tug in your heart. You feel that there's something you need to do. And the only way you can become a child of God, it's not going through a membership class. It's not giving a bunch of money. It's, it, it's none of those things of man. It's simply saying, Lord Jesus, I recognize my need of you. I've lived life long enough trying to do it on my own enough that I know I can't do it. And so this morning, I'm finally giving it over to you. Here I am. Forgive me of my sins. Call me one of your own. And the Bible says that if you will express that with your mouth, if you'll believe it in your heart and you'll confess it with your mouth, God will forgive you of your sins just like that. What incredible. You're never going to find a better deal than that. And he'll start moving into your life and he'll start helping you and walking with you. You don't have to do life on your own anymore. Would you bow your heads for a moment? And I'm doing that just to help those of you who maybe want to respond because I don't want you to be... I just want you to focus in on this moment. But you know, preacher, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. And you're ready to stop running. You're ready to stop doing it on yourself. You're ready to put all that pride and all that other stuff aside. And you want to do what so many people in this room have already done, and they want to rejoice with you. But you say today, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I'm giving my life to you. If that's you, I'm going to pray in just a moment, and you just I'm going to lead you in a prayer. There's nothing special about my prayer. The Bible says it's just... It's going to be a prayer that you pray to God and mean it in your heart. And that's all it takes. But if you're going to pray that prayer with me and you want to take that step, maybe it's the first time. Maybe you're here and you realize, man, I've been drifting. But today I'm going to get right. And you want to pray that prayer with me. Would you just slip your hand up so I can include you? So as I pray, anybody? Thank you. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Anyone else? Most important decision you'll ever make in your life, more than what kind of fund you put your money into, more than the person that you're going to marry. Any, this is the most important decision in your life. I'll wait just a moment more because I want to give you a chance. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Would you pray this prayer with me, dear Father? Everybody pray that prayer with me. Let's just all do it together. And if, you're, if you lift your hand, you just say that with me. Dear Father, this morning... I'm done living my life my way. I realize you've given a gift through your son, Jesus, who died for me. Man, nobody's ever done something like that before. God, forgive me of my sins. This morning, I invite you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. From this day forward, I want to live for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that right now, heaven is having a party. Heaven is rejoicing because God understands that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Again, not what you meant, not, not anything you've done, just simply because you've accepted the gift that, you're give, that God has given you. I want to pray for a couple other people here because I felt earlier as I was sitting here, some of you may be going through ministry and with all that's happened in this world, it, it, it's, it's been a stressful time. It's been a tough time. And when you're trying to do it in yourself and doing it in your thing, it can become wearisome. It can be hard. 
But you know, the presence of God, the purposes of coming together like this as a family is so that we can lift one another up. But if you're here this morning and and through this season of life, maybe it's finances, maybe it's relationships that you're dealing with, maybe it's this, this, this health thing that's going on. But you're feeling weary. You're feeling like, man, I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I've been thinking of give, about giving up. I don't mean walking away from the Lord, but just, you know what? Not doing ministry. Not doing what God has called me to do. That's just been where you are. And, and you've been feeling like that this morning. I, want, I believe God wants to refresh your spirit. I believe God wants to give you a fresh fire. He wants to stir that flame up inside of you. And if that's you, when you're, 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 just, you're willing to say right here in the, in the fellowship of brothers and sisters, man, I need a fresh touch. Would you just stand where you are? Just stand up right where you are. Don't worry about what others are people. Thank you, man. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else I know? Man, we, we, the church, we go, it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult season. But you're going through that right now and you're just struggling. You need God to do something fresh in your life. Anybody else? You would say, thank you. Thank you for giving the Lord opportunity. You know, how do I know that I need to do this? If if you're sitting in there and trying to rationalize with yourself, should I do this or shouldn't I? That's a pretty good sign you ought to do it. That's called submitting to the Holy Spirit. That's called giving yourself over to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, here am I. Do what you got to do. I got to do that often. I'll tell you, I've got absolutely no qualms, man. When there's opportunities, like here I am, Lord, do what you need to do. Anyone else can give you an opportunity for God to do something fresh in your life right now. Because we're ministers. All of us, I'm going to ask people that are around you if you're okay, if that's okay. Would you just reach over and put your hand on to somebody who's standing right now? If you're sitting next to someone, or maybe you see somebody that you need to be, that you're like, man, I want to be over there, pray with that person. Would you just move over there right now? Let's as a body, let's just, let's just begin to minister for the body. Can we do that? Is that all right? All right, just move. If you see someone, we've got a sister in the back. We've got one right here. You want to go pray with that person? Please just move. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. This is what it's about. It's exciting. Because all of a sudden God starts flowing through you and he starts doing things and you stand back and you go, wow. Because it's not you, it's just your availability. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you. I thank you for your presence that's right here in this place. Your spirit that is in this room right now that wants to move and minister. And I pray for those who are standing. You know their situations uniquely. In fact, you know exactly what's going on in their life. And God, you are more than enough to meet that need. And so, God, I pray right now that you would just flow into the midst of their situation. Lord, as their brothers and sisters are laying hands on them and praying, where two or three agree is touching anything on earth, it's touched in heaven. And what we release on earth will be released in heaven. And, God, we just pray your anointing. We pray your refreshing. We pray your provision in the lives of these individuals right now. God, do your work. Do a mighty work. I pray, God, if there's a need that, that even this week, even before the end of today, however you see fit, Lord God, that you would move in their behalf and move in their lives. And God, you would do a mighty thing. Flow through them, Lord Jesus. Flow through them. Just collect, let that, that heaviness, Lord, the, the joy of the Lord come over them. Let that heaviness be lifted off of them. You said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I pray that refreshing as we give it to you. As we give it to you and we lean on you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've anointed them to do good works for you. You've anointed them to be your vessels through which you flow. Thank you, Lord God. I pray that that joy and that, that, that confident assurance would just flow into their lives right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do your work, Holy Spirit, right now, I pray. Do your holy, do your work right now. Hallelujah. 
Lord Jesus. Refresh. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father, I pray that for every person in this room, that the truth of your word that has been planted in their hearts this morning, that Lord God, it would just take root, and that it would grow. Holy Spirit, would you put a hedge around it as we just continue to move and minister to God, we would be individuals that as we walk out from here, we're aware that you're wanting to flow through us and you're wanting to do great and mighty things. So do your work in us, I pray this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for every person, every man and every woman in this room that, that is involved in some form of ministry, whether it's from the nursery all the way to, to teaching adults, to our rangers, to our girls, to, to every aspect, to youth and to children's ministry. I pray for the children's ministry that's even taking place right now. Let your presence just flow over there. And Lord, if there's someone here in this room today that they're not involved in ministry, but they want to be, they realize that you've created them to do good works. I pray, God, that even this morning that they would make that commitment in their own heart to say, I need to find a place to get involved. I need to find a place to be in, 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 in a position of influencing. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share with you. I know there's some special things going on after service this morning. I think pastor's going to come and, and, and lead us in that. Thanks for letting me just share my heart with you. And, and thank you for what you do as you continue to minister and move in the, for, for the kingdom of God. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. That was refreshing. That was good, wasn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. That was so good. And uh, I'll tell you what, you get a chance this week after this after, by this afternoon, watch it again. Watch what he shared. It's just so much there. I, I've, I've got to go through it again. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And it's a little different than a ranger venue. You know, you really, thank you for, you served us. You served us. And you can tell he's got a servant's heart. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray in a moment and we can leave. You can go home. Now listen, if you're hungry, come on up to the cabin. And if you don't, some of you may not even know where the cabin is. We've talked about it for decades. Uh, but you go out those front doors, go this way, and there's a sidewalk that leads all the way up there. It's probably about 35 degrees out now. Not a bad walk. Um, haven't been out. I haven't been out any longer than you have. So, uh, but come on up. And there's maybe eight to ten parking places for those that really need to drive. Please do that. But join us. And and Carl will be up there. We'll be up there. And uh, maybe if you've got a ranger boy, you can talk, spend some time with your leader. But again, we've got some good hot food, and it's a wonderful time to be together. So don't, don't run off. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, Lord, that we have. We've given honor where honor is due. And Lord, as, as our friend and brother and national director for Royal Rangers has, has done today, Lord, he has given honor to you as he has expounded upon your word and these simple truths, Lord, he's given honor to you. And I thank you for his service to us. I pray, Lord, you bless him later today, Lord, when we, when we go to the airport, and that you would bless his travel, that there be no interruptions, no delays, no incidents, Lord. God, that he be home soon and early enough tonight to be with family. Father, just bless him, Lord. Reward him for giving to us the way he did. And Master, I pray for each one of us that you'd bless us, and you should bless the food up at the cabin, too. We ask your blessing right now. In Jesus' name, amen.